Good morning and welcome to the Dungeon Musings Podcast. My name is Kevin Madison and I am your friendly Dungeon Muser. Uh, today I want to do a quick um, episode just to talk about planning in um, story-based uh, games and or scripted games and uh, sandbox games. So let's do this. So last night we had uh, yet another session of my ongoing Barrow Maze uh, campaign where we are playing with um, Scarlet Heroes now instead of what we started with, which was uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. But um, at last night's session, we... Uh, so the, I guess the last two sessions, I've been doing this um, thing to kind of honor the passing of uh, game creator Carl Sargent, where I've been using uh, his supplement Top Ballista and the gnomish flying city called Serain uh, that's uh, depicted in that. I've, I've been using that as a, a quick little you know, uh, detour in my Barrow Maze game to, to honor him and, and to be honest also because it's a really, it's a fun product that I've, I've owned for a lot of years and I've read a lot of times but I never actually used. Um, but anyway, the um, the first time I did that, I, I went with a pretty heavily scripted uh, episode. I, I really wanted to uh, hit a couple specific key plot points in it uh, and I really wanted to play up a bunch of different puns that I was going to play for the guys because I thought they'd get a kick out of them. I basically created gnomish equivalents of the Ghostbusters, complete with you know ridiculous gnomish names. I had a, a Nagpa, which is kind of like a Skeksy from um, Dark Crystal. I had one of them whose name was Wiltar Peck to be uh, named after the EPA guy from the first Ghostbusters film. And um, the guys were going to go into the uh, Barrowmoor and uh, do some ghostbusting, and that was really you know the extent of the session. And uh, I think it came across, I, I really did try to do a little too much in that session, and um, in particular given the two-hour um, window in which we played, we did start a little late, so we did end up getting a two-hour session and getting the whole thing completed, but because we wasted some time at the beginning, we ended up having to go a little over, and um, <clears throat> I think they, uh, thinking about it today compared to last night's session, last night's session was just them showing up. The guys, uh, you know, arriving from their back from their mission to Serain to get an opportunity to explore the flying city and meet all the weirdos that are, you know, are there. Because the city features sphinxes and, uh, uh, gosh, uh, pegatars and harpies and uh, all sorts of other, these weird, like, half-bird, half-elven creatures called Fenair. And um, after the first session, or in the midst of the first session, I, you know, I introduced the sphinx. And one of my players was like, holy shit, I'm going to need to go talk to that. And uh, I had not anticipated that, so that actually chewed up about 20 minutes of our time with him uh, talking to the Sphinx and, and whatnot. And uh, the, I sort of realized as soon as he did that, I'm like, oh shit, Like I've conditioned the players, or at least the players are used to playing a sandbox game where each session is about whatever they want to be doing. So when I'm switching to a scripted session, it, it makes for... Um, pacing issues because I, I'm not sure I can fit all the story, specific story beats that I wanted to include in that session in the whole thing. So uh, fast forward to last night's session which was them showing up in Serene and I had uh, one player who was at the previous session wasn't able to make it and one player who wasn't at the previous session made it so you know the whole session was really just I I actually had nothing planned. I hadn't talked to the guys um, but I felt confident enough in the setting or the I guess like the system that we'd set up, which is to say that the guys knew that wherever they went and whatever they did, that was going to be our session. And I, I would uh, respond accordingly and make sure it was a fun session. So what we ended up with was with no planning whatsoever, the guys showed up and then uh, 
one of the they were separated at the start of the session. Uh, one player, you know, we did his reaction to seeing the flying city, and um, then he made his way up there. He, you know, made some friends with these two Nagpa. He got hammered, which the character has been known to do, and then we met the brought the characters back together. And then it ended up being this kind of fun. The, one of the players, the the player who was up there meeting, making friends with Nagpa, um, he's been suffering from a curse for the last uh, probably about six or seven sessions anyway. So um, I had sort of thought in the back of my mind, like, well, if I get the opportunity, I'm going to have the Ghostbuster gnomes, you know, detect that there's a curse on him because he hasn't quite tweaked to it and the rest of the party hasn't. And uh, we'll see if they do anything about that. It also just so happens that female sphinxes in uh, basic D&D have the spellcasting um, capabilities of 12th level uh, clerics, which in this particular campaign is like, you know, godlike. It's the highest level NPC they've encountered is 6th level. So um, so anyway, th this is a, a great opportunity to get rid of that curse. So we ended up kind of having this fun session where the, um, you know, they learned about the uh, curse. They got to role play with a bunch of the uh, NPCs in the uh, setting. And then I had uh, honestly just thrown out the Nagpa that um, the one player uh, was drinking with just as kind of a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of color, local color for the uh, description. And then I, I made a joke about them saying that he had volunteered for medical experiments uh, because he didn't speak Nagpa. And uh, so he kept getting worried about that. And then I decided, you know, well, we're not going to be able to get to the Sphinxes and I don't have material prepared for that yet. So I had them ambushed by those same Nagpa and decided, oh, you know what, actually that curse... It's something they've detected, and they've got some nefarious plans for, for that curse and for our intrepid, cursed halfling. So uh, that's sort of how we, you know, uh, the session ended on a bit of a cliffhanger with uh, in the midst of that attack. But, uh, you know, it, um, it really does highlight, uh, for me, you know, uh, if you have a clear set, set of time and you know that you're going to be able to get through as much material as you've prepared... Um, then this, you know, a scripted session can be a lot of fun. You can play up a lot of highlights and it can play up a lot of uh, themes and you can include a lot of specific, you know, not necessarily written down, but pre-scripted in the sense of um, you know kind of what information and what mood and whatever else you want to get across in that particular scene. Uh, scripted scenes you can include as well too. So, uh, so that's really great, but for an ongoing campaign for me with, you know, um, things are, are pretty busy, uh, both in uh, the day job and on uh, the YouTube channel and doing this now and running all my games, um, it's, it's really a pleasure to have a game where, you know, you've done the prep in terms of reading the setting, knowing, you know, what is, um, what the players can, in, or the characters can encounter there, and, um, uh, or alternatively just having a, um, a thing that, uh, or a setting or um, a product that is just easy to reference. And that's what I found with this top ballista was that it was really easy to, I set the map out before the guys on, um, on, on I mean, digital version on roll 20. Uh, and then they just, I sort of went through and told them what, uh, you know, each different number represented for the things that I really wanted to highlight. And then if there were things that they really were interested in following, uh, you know, they could uh, do that. And it gave a great sense of geography to the session, I think. And, um, yeah, anyway, so so that was my thought from last night, was that, um, you know, I think there is definitely a place for uh, scripted scenes, and, and I, I will certainly be making use of them uh, in future, or scripted um, sessions, I should say. But you do need to be mindful of 
the um, of what the time constraints you're operating under. And I think that to degree as well, it can hamper the organic story emergence that comes from playing in a, in a sandbox. You know, like uh, I'm really kicking myself for not having prepped that Sphinx a little better because I know that like I, I, when I intro introduced the, uh, the or mentioned the Sphinxes in our second session, the other player who had made it to the first session, he had said, oh yeah, they're so cool. So clearly I need to, you know, just be like I'm doing for the rest of the sandbox, just be my, like, prep enough so I can, I can know what the characters can do or the uh, NPCs and adversaries can do, but be uh, willing to, to, you know, let the story go where the players are interested in following. That doesn't mean that I can't have consequences come from them not following the story necessarily. Uh, it just means that um, the primary focus of the plot will be where the players want to go. So... So anyway, that's my uh, very small passing thoughts on, um, not small, but I guess short uh, passing thoughts on uh, scripted sessions versus sandbox. And, you know, as is likely obvious at this point, I, I'm pretty f heavily falling in favor of the, uh, the sandbox right now for this particular campaign. This is really a great deal of fun and, uh, and, and surprising too. Like it's, it really is a lot of fun seeing just where those story threads are that I can grab onto and tie together to make for, you know, the next session. Like, I, I know what's going to be happening in the next session. The whole next session, I'm going to be prepping these Nagpa who are trying to kidnap the our halfling and the um, the Sphinx that they're going to meet with and uh, figure out what uh, she's going to require. Uh, I might do uh, another episode about the riddles and, and whatnot as well, too, because I'm really diving into that to try and figure out a fun, gamey way to make that... Uh, uh, work for the Sphinx. But uh, anyway, that's it for now. I hope everyone's having a really great day and I will see you again soon.